You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. It's good to see your bright and shining faces. <laughs> and I assume that that's the reflection of the Lord in your life, right? Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so um, I have the opportunity to continue the theme that I did not finish last Sunday. <laughs> and I don't know, did any of you walk out offended when I said, okay, I just lost all of you. You know, uh, you know I know I had waxed long. Uh, and I tend to do that, so uh, I'll try and I'll try and practice restraint today. But I, you know, at least uh, we'll move in that direction. It's an area of growth for me. Okay, yes, an area of growth. So, uh, so we want to continue the the uh, looking at the lordship of God. I think that this is key. The uh, Father has just been really uh, camping on this area with me as we look at the church. And when I talk about the church, I'm talking about the, the corporate church. I'm talking about the church here in America and the fact that uh, we've lost uh, the lordship of God. Uh, now, I think that we've done a great job. Well, maybe not, as I've been thinking here. But I don't know. Uh, we focused on getting people saved. But we have struggled in teaching the lordship of God and the power of his kingdom and his rule and reign in our lives. And what is interesting is, is that you really can't experience Jesus as Savior until you first experience him as Lord. I think that's key. That's the, really the, the focus of today's sermon. Uh, I was taught that uh, it is important to be able to summarize your sermon in one sentence. Uh, and so uh, today's sentence, if you will, is, is that it, uh, we must have both Jesus as both Lord and Savior. And those two words are tied together within Scripture with good reason. And so uh, as soon as you, uh, as you uh, emphasize the place of Savior above the Lordship of God, what happens is, is that we then lose the power of the kingdom in our lives. And we become passive. And as I reflect on the American church, and, um, it, and it's like, I don't, I don't want to be critical, but it's like if we don't start to have a sober judgment of our lives and what's going on and begin to, to take, go to those places of repentance for real change, we will not be productive within this realm. And Jesus called us. In fact, we looked at that scripture last week and it said these kinds of attitudes and attributes will reflect that, will make sure that we are productive in the kingdom. And what does God want? He wants his family to grow. He wants more of his kids in his family. And see, he made all of us and yet he, and he is patient and kind. But he needs to have all of us come to repentance. He needs to have us all come to that place of transformation so that we become members of the body of Christ, sons and daughters of God. And so, so both Lord and Savior is where he's taking us. Uh, there is a passage of scripture uh, found in Ephesians, excuse me, uh, that's found in Hebrews. And I just want to visit it. We don't need to put it up. I'll read it to you. Uh, I guess that um, I use the NIV just because uh, apparent. well, it's an old Bible. 
I like it. You know how comfortable old is? It really is comfortable. And um, I think that what we have in the system is the new NIV, which is a little bit different. So, uh, so I'll just read it. Just a couple of, of, of past uh, um, verses here. Uh, and it, it's from uh, Hebrews 11, which uh, is the chapter called the Hall of Faith rather than the Hall of Fame. It deals with the idea that it's a list of all of the powerful uh, uh, patriarchs that came before that had this, these encounters with God and had incredible faith as a result of that. And so it said, by, uh, this is verse, starting with verse 5, it says, By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as being one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And what I want to talk about here is the, the power of seeking the Lord. You know, one of the struggles that we have is that it's real easy to get passive, isn't it? It's easy to be lazy. And we can do that in our relationships. You realize that all relationships require effort, okay? If you're married, you know that. Uh, at least you knew it initially. Maybe uh, us guys can sometimes forget that, and we have to be reminded of that. But it does take effort, okay, to maintain a relationship. The same is true with God. It does take effort on our part. Yeah, he's, he is here. He is willing uh, and able, and, 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 and he fulfills us with everything that we need. But it does require us to seek his presence, to come into relationship with him. I mean, we don't like relationships where it's just one-sided, right? Yeah, we don't like those. They're, not, they're really not relationships. And so God is encouraging us to seek him. And we will be pleasantly surprised, possibly. We will be transformed, for sure. And so, today, I want to encourage you, in your walk with the Lord, to seek him, not just as Savior, but also as Lord. Because in that, you will see the transformation. We talk about, at least I do. I mean, you know, it's like, what's, what does Bruce, Bruce talk about? Spiritual transformation, the kingdom of God. Those are just two things that I can't get away from. And I believe that that's, uh, that's where scripture really does land. Seek the kingdom of God. You'll find it. Seek God and you will find him. And so uh, today is a word of encouragement. And uh, I know that, as you reflect, you go, well, yes, I'm not where I need to be, okay? But see, I just want to be very careful that we don't move to that place of criticalness. We are very prone to criticizing ourselves and other people and God. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the root of the, that's the kingdom of darkness. Was he not uh, the author of all criticism? In fact, what is his current position? He is the accuser of the brethren. And so criticism, that negative critical spirit, is so interwoven into the fallen humanity that it seems very natural. It seems normal. But God has come to set us free from the God of this world, 
that demonic force that wants to bring criticism and destruction. He's a thief. He's a robber. He's come to kill, and he destroys relationships and then ultimately destroys us if we let him do that. And so, but what protects us against that? The lordship of Jesus. It's the lordship of Jesus that protects us from the things that the enemy has in our lives. And so you and I must continue to press in, to persevere in seeking the Lord and seeing what he has for each one of us. Why? Because we all have uh, a destiny to fulfill. He chose this time before the world was created for you and I to exist in this moment, in this time, this Sunday morning here to hear what he has to say to us in order that transformation might come to us. You have been chosen by God and I would encourage you to choose him back, okay? And it's an ongoing choice. You realize that in all relationships, there is a mutual ongoing choice to stay connected, to stay in relationship. And there is effort in that. And so today is a time for us to encounter God and have him do the miraculous within our lives. Are you open to that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, be open to that. Be open to what God wants to do in our lives right now. I have a tendency to like plan to the future and, you know, uh, and I can be a procrastinator because I just kind of, well, I'll do that later because I really don't have time to do it well, you know, and, and if you've got this, this thing about being a perfectionist, I was raised by two perfectionists. That was a curse. It really was. And so as a result of that, what can happen is, is you can move towards uh, uh, actually not following through, not doing what needs to be done in a timely manner out of fear of not doing it perfectly. And so I think it's important to remind ourselves that Jesus is the only perfect one. And so we are encouraged to seize the moment. Right now, you have this life in this place, with this family, and you want to seize that moment for the maximum benefit, not only in your own life, but also in the lives of other people. And so, so the Lord has chosen us right now to experience a deeper revelation of his lordship and formation and spiritual formation as a result of that. So uh, we can go back to... Uh, to Second Peter, that, that was what we looked at last week, and I kind of hurried through that. And I just want to go back and, and hit some of the highlights so that we can, um, can be reminded. You realize that in Scripture, uh, the Apostle Paul um, wrote some powerful letters, and many times he would repeat the things over and over again. Why is a rep repetition important? When I went to school, there was a lot of repetition. Why? Because they wanted to make sure I got it. And that's what the Apostle Paul wants. And so, you know, it's, it's sometimes people go, well, I've been there, done that. You know, I've heard that before. But the thing that is, is that this is what I have found, is that as you press into those things, what begins to happen is there's a deeper revelation. There's a deeper work. Why do we study the Bible? For a deeper revelation, for a deeper work in that. And, uh, and the other thing that I find fascinating about God's word is that it is fresh manna for the day. 
In other words, it, the spirit of God breathes life into it. And it's like, you have, I'm sure this has happened for you if you've done any Bible study. You've looked at places within the Bible and you go, I never saw that. I know I read that before, but I never saw it. Or it may mean something totally different than it did before. That is the living word of God. That is the fresh word of the Lord coming just in the right moment to bring life to us. And when you read the Bible, what you're wanting is you're wanting the Holy Spirit to speak to you. You're wanting the Holy Spirit to give it life. It becomes then daily bread. Do you realize that God intends to give us daily bread? I eat every day, okay? Other than when I'm fasting, and I don't do that very well, okay? Yeah, because I really do love food uh, and all of the benefits that it brings. Uh, but sustenance is an important thing that comes to us out of the living word of God. And, you know, uh, as we look at a balanced meal, you know, those kinds of things. Why? Because we need certain nutrients in order for healthy bodies. And I believe that God is very willing and able, as we look into Scripture, for him to bring the nutrients that we need in that moment, for that day, for health and wholeness. Yeah. Yeah, he has a unique ability to do that. Um, I believe that at times we do not understand and or experience the miraculous work of the Spirit of God. He is miraculous. He is doing a miraculous work in each one of us. Now, the key here is cooperate with that. We can resist the miraculous work of God. Yeah. Why would we do that? Well, there are a number of reasons, and we don't need to go into them. That's really where you would ask the Lord. I would encourage you to ask the Lord, where are the barriers within my own life that are preventing me from cooperating with you so that you might have everything? Because that's the issue of lordship. The lordship says, I have to have everything. And I talked a bit about it last week, but I just want to hit it again. It's like we live compartmentalized lives many times. There are places within our lives where we won't let the Lord be Lord. And we declare that, we declare that, but we actually don't allow that. And that is a, a, a place of personal um, intervention by the Lord in our lives. Again, this is not to shame anyone. Uh, we can all say, yes, I need to pray more, I need to meditate more, I need to read the Bible more, I need, I need, I need, I need. And the, the, the key here is, is that the Lord wants to encourage us because this is what I have found, that if I am encouraged, it is a lot easier for me to do it. If I feel oppressed or criticized or ashamed, that just drives me farther from what God has for me. And so, and that's where the enemy is working. He's working in our minds. Uh, the power of the kingdom of God once said to me, you underestimate the power of the devil. And I go, okay. <laughs> and then he said, and you also as underestimate my power. I go, oh, okay. So I, I have been operating in, in a place where I do not realize what's really going on here. I am spiritually unaware. And so 
as we press into God, his lordship brings spiritual awareness. His lordship brings about revelation of what it is that needs to change. Now, if I have a critical spirit, then I'm always looking at what's wrong, and I can never actually then open myself up to the lordship of Jesus and receive what he needs to send to me in order to reveal what needs to change. And I spend a lot of time then trying to fix myself. And what glory to God does that bring for you to save yourself? Okay, see, this is the thing. This is where God is, is talking. He's saying, we have declarations and belief systems that we don't believe to be true. And if the Lord doesn't step in and reveal those places, we live in darkness. Isn't that what the enemy wants? He's always wanting us to live in darkness. Why? Because that's where he destroys us. When we step into the light, and the only way we can step into the light, the real true light, is the power of God because he is the only source of light. He's the only source of true light. It comes to us in various ways. Scripture is foundational. Um, we also want the rhema word of God. As we live in the environment in this family, this community, we have people that, uh, are, are, that the Lord is training. All of us have the gift of prophecy to one degree or another. What we find is that we find most of the time we don't develop that. The apostle Paul said to his spiritual son Timothy, stir up the gifts that you receive through the laying on of hands. And so one of the things that we want to do as, a, as a, the culture of this church is to stir up the gifts. Is to, is to stir up the gifts. That's the heart of leadership within the church, is to stir up those things that God has already imparted to us. You know, a few weeks ago, I was, was privileged to share on the power of stewardship. And we talked a bit about the fact that, that we can be given gifts by God, but if we don't steward them, we don't actually see them bear fruit. And Jesus said, I want my children to bear fruit. I want them to be fruitful in the kingdom. And so, so what we're looking for, and again, it isn't judgment, but rather encouragement, is God is desiring to produce maximum fruit in each one of our lives. Okay, so you might say to yourself, well, you know, who am I? You are chosen by God for such a time as this to live in this moment and to reveal his glory. He's the one that's qualified us, and yet the enemy says, oh, you know, you, you just, that's prideful, or who are you? You know, those kinds of things he uses shame. All of those things are designed to stop us from pressing in and seeing the fruitfulness of God revealed in our lives. Don't let him do that. Do not let him do that. We have to fight against the, the darkness that comes against us to try and seduce us into that place of disqualification and passivity. And those are two great enemies in our lives. And they then become enemies of the church. And so we have to resist that. So the Lord says, uh, well, in this passage, it, it talks about the fact that uh, it looked at the, the various attributes 
Uh, and we won't go through all of those, but, but it's like it begins with faith. As we step in, and I looked at that in Hebrews, as, far, as without faith, it's impossible to please God. We do not connect to the next realm without taking that step of faith to take hold of that. What's interesting is, is that when you do that, God is faithful to meet you in that. He is very faithful to meet you. And so what we found, my wife and I did, was that... Um, it was our spiritual mentors that actually led us into those places of faith. Uh, and I think I shared with you before this, <laughs> they were wonderful people. And they said, uh, as, we were, as we were learning the things of the spirit, and they were cultivating that. And they had been, uh, they were, they were spirit-filled Lutherans originally, okay? Now, I come from a Norwegian background, which has got... Lutheranism on both sides, okay? And I'm not bashing on anyone here. I'm just saying that, uh, that God encountered them in whatever denomination you are in. He can. He will pull that out of you. Why? Because he wants to release the kingdom. And so what they did was they, were, they recognized that we didn't have faith. And they said, you can borrow ours until you get your own. They said, you can borrow ours until you get your own. They knew because that had happened to them. They, they needed people in their lives that carried faith. And in that, then there was an impartation of faith. And then transformation began. They understood that principle. And so we are a family of faith in expectation of God meeting us wherever we're at. And we will do warfare together against the work of the enemy so that we see his glory revealed in our lives and the lives of others. Okay? And so, but foundationally, we have to have faith. And so, I would encourage you, if you feel like you're short on faith today, grab hold of the faith that's in this room. Grab hold of the faith that's in this room. Yeah. The testimonies of what God has done in our lives and will continue to do. Uh, this weekend, uh, several of us were able to go to a, a kind of a mini conference in, in Ankeny, and uh, Leif Hetland was there, and he told stories of all of the miraculous things. And now, what's interesting is that it's the euphoria of the victory, but the, there is the agony of the defeat. See, uh-oh. I'm getting into a kingdom thing, and we're going to go in a whole different direction here. I have to be careful, okay? I just, I just had this, this gigantic sound that said, oh, let's talk about the kingdom. <laughs> huh. So just a brief thing, and then we'll come back to uh, testimonies, okay? In the kingdom of God, as we pray for heaven to come to earth, and that's literally what it said, the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. You and I have the opportunity to pull on heaven and see heaven invade earth. Anytime something miraculous happens, it is the kingdom of God penetrating this fallen world and bringing heaven to earth. Okay? It's God's rule and reign. Okay? Now, we see that in part. At the end of this age, we'll see the glory of Jesus completely, and we'll see everything transformed and changed. But right now, those things are happening 
in bits and pieces, okay? And, okay, now that wants to take me to this other place, okay, as far as how we relate to that, but I can't do that, okay? We'll do that at another time. But when you see the miraculous happen, it is heaven breaking through into our lives. We want more of that. I want all of heaven to come. That should be our heart's desire. All of heaven come to this earth right now and do the wonderful things that only you can do. Bring heaven to earth. There's no sickness, disease, or pain, or misery in heaven, okay? It resides here. So, we will not always see everything take place like we would like to. But the story of the wicked judge and the widow says, you know what? We don't pray because we see. We pray because God has said, pray. We persevere in that, and we do see breakthrough. But when you hear the testimonies of great breakthrough, it increases faith. And I think I've shared this before, but uh, some of the conferences that I have attended in past years, the leadership would then highlight, they would have people come forward and they would testify to the miraculous healings that they had. What would happen is, is instantaneously, you would have faith grow in the auditorium. Why? Because the testimony encouraged faith. What happened then is what you saw was a crescendo. And this individual who oversaw this understood that with each investment of faith, then faith grew, and there was a greater manifestation of the signs and wonders which encouraged the faith. So what you saw was with each session, each general meeting, you saw increased manifestations of the signs and wonders setting people free. You saw people healed and delivered. Sometimes deliverance is more important than healing physically. And many times they're tied together. There's actually a demonic thing that's attached that is actually producing the physical manifestation. And I'm way off subject here, but uh, 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 I, I just want to encourage you. There is so much more than what we've experienced. And that's true for me. I'm not standing here and saying, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen it all. And, you know, you No, I've seen it only in part. But my deep desire is to see it in whole, in completeness. Okay, and then they go, well, Bruce, you're going to have to die to see that. Well, that kind of statement really then cuts short the ability of God to produce what he really wants to do in this season in our lives. Yeah. As soon as we say that, oh, the ultimate healing is their death. I will not give up. I will not surrender to that. No. We press through. We press on in what God has called us to, and we will see the victory. Yep. And in that, then faith will, will, will increase. We will see spiritual transformation as a result of that. And God has called, in, called us to something more powerful than just sitting in the pews, okay? Yeah? 
far more than that. Now, what gets, what happens there is then the enemy goes, yeah, yeah, God's going to ruin your life. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to do whatever it is that you don't want to do because that's a humbling thing. No, what I have found is the opposite. God chooses things for us and then he changes our heart. You know, I think I've shared with you before, I never intended to become a pastor. Never. That was like one of two of the last things in the, in the whole world that I ever wanted to be. And then, then I started getting these prophetic words. And I'm like, oh, brother, don't talk to me. Uh, and I've told you about hiding behind people so that I wouldn't get a prophetic word. And I know you're like going, what? What kind? Of? It was like I didn't like what God was saying. I was resisting his call on my life. And so I would run from him. And he was saying, uh, he was relentless. I mean, relentless. Okay. Yeah. After me. And finally, when I surrendered, I didn't get any more prophetic words about that issue. Okay. He's done. He said, all I needed was you need to be, I, he, basically he said, I need to be Lord of your life. Now you've declared that I am, and I'm just checking in with you. And we have found by your behavior and your attitude that I am not Lord of your life. Yeah. But he wasn't mean about it. He was gracious and kind. Yeah, he understood my challenges. He understood the issues. He understood the fear of man. All of those other things that had taken root within me. And it wasn't until I began to let him do become the Lord of my life that he began to reveal the true things in my own heart. And then there was a grace there for me to surrender to him and him to heal that of me. See, that's the lordship of God. The Lordship of God then comes and reveals, and then if we cooperate with his Lordship, he then heals and transforms us. That's the message this morning. Each one of us has the opportunity of letting his Lordship come to us, and the first thing he does is reveal. He doesn't shame. He just gives us revelation of the places where he is not Lord because he is a jealous God and he wants all of us. We're not familiar with that because we seldom give ourselves to anything completely. I really do believe that. We struggle in our marriages to give ourselves completely. We do. Those are the kinds of things. Why? Because I have this deep desire to be in control of my life. There is that selfishness. Why? Because I fear. It's, it's rooted in fear. The enemy, if you think, if you look at Job, what was he all, he's doing, he did everything to Job to create fear in his life. He was banking on fear that would cause him to run from God, to step away from God. See, the enemy in our lives is always looking for the place of fear. Now, if the Lord is completely Lord of your life, there is no fear of anything else because you fear God above everything else. Yeah? But it's those places where he isn't Lord that there is then fear and then there is opportunity for the kingdom of darkness. Plain and simple. And so it's, it, it, it is, it, there's, a, there's a simplicity to this. God says... 
I need to reveal to each one of us those places where I'm not Lord. He's not angry. I mean, every one of his children struggle with that. All of his creation has struggled with that. And so it, it doesn't anger him. He's angry at the enemy for what the enemy has done. But he's not angry for, at you and I. In fact, he reveals so that he can actually bring us into that covenant relationship that he has for us. Yeah, so, um, so we will see many transforming fruits, okay? Now, as I look at that list, there's a few of them. Uh, let me just read them, and then uh, we'll just... Uh, it says, uh, basically, it's faith, goodness, uh, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, godliness, a brotherly kindness, uh, and then ultimately love. Okay? So, and, and they're kind of a progressive work there. They build upon each other. So we start with faith and we work through those things as God cha- transforms our character. Basically, what happens is that when we give him access to us, he then reveals those places where we're stuck in that transition. Because ultimately, what's the goal? To bring love. Yeah. Love is the currency of heaven. Love buys everything. For God so loved the world. And what's interesting in the Greek is that that world, the actual expanded understanding of that, it was a rebellious, wicked world that basically did not deserve God's love. That's what that Greek uh, aspect of those words actually mean. And so... Because, and we, we don't get the flavor of that until you actually start doing some, some study. Uh, and so we didn't deserve any of that, and yet God loved us. And so these attributes will reveal where we're at and our spiritual maturity. Now, if Remember, and we celebrated this in communion, we celebrate the perfection that comes from Jesus. God looks at us as perfect, but he, doesn't, but he does see the places of immaturity. Yeah, he does see the places of immaturity. But we're perfect. We've been restored to him by the blood of Jesus. Everything has been paid for. That is worth celebrating. I mean, that is worth dancing in the aisles, okay? Yeah, for what he's really done for us. And in that, then, he wants to bring maturity. In other words, he's looking for our declared value and status with him. We grow up in that. And that is done with the lordship of God. If you want to grow, if you want to mature, it is the work of the lordship of God entering into those places that have not been surrendered to God, but yet need to be, and he will grace us with the ability. I love that. I love the fact that those places that we are stuck, those places that need intervention, it is God who's going to do the work in that. My only struggle is to cooperate with him. And you realize that if I'm hanging on to it and I don't want him to be Lord, you know, it's interesting. I've done this before. Oh, Lord, deliver me of this or do this or whatever. And then God is going, but you're still hanging on to it. 
So the Lordship reveals what we're hanging on to. Yeah. And it can, and it can vary. Lots of different things. And then, if I am humble, I will let the Lord actually bring his grace into that place and do the work that needs to be done. And I will then experience him as Savior. I then will experiment, experience him as Savior. And so, literally, to be saved, you have to have the Lordship of Jesus. And the church has done this selling game that says, oh, just do this. Go through the motions without teaching a healthy understanding of the Lordship of God. All right, stand with me and let, we're going to pray. Yeah. Some of you have, may have places where you feel stuck. And I would just encourage you uh, to receive prayer for those. Yeah. Yeah. We have people that can pray with you. Uh, but we want to just take this time to do business with the Lord. Yeah. So, Lord, we come before you. And we recognize that there are things that need change in our lives. Yeah. Lord, what he just said to me is, is that the problem is, is that we don't know that, that he loves us. That's the reason why we can't surrender. Yeah. We hold on to those things because they provide a false comfort of love. And that's the challenge. So, Lord, I ask that there would be a fresh anointing on our hearts and our minds of receiving your love. Because scripture says that you are the first. You love, we love because you first loved us. And yet, if we can't experience that, Lord, then we can't actually love out of that place of being loved. But, Lord, we know that all of those places so that we are challenged, it requires your grace. And so, Lord, we're here to receive your grace today. We're here to receive the grace, the empowering presence of heaven. We pull on heaven today as the body of Christ, as your sons and daughters. We pull on heaven to receive what only you can give us. Yeah. Lord, we declare that we cannot save ourselves. We need you to save us. And in that, Lord, we ask that you would bring lordship into our lives. Yeah. Lord, you're kind and patient, wanting all to come to repentance. You deeply desire everyone to be transformed. Yes. And so, Lord, we by faith now reach into heaven and pull on the grace necessary to be transformed by you, to receive a deeper revelation of your lordship, and then the, the result of being saved from those things. And so, Lord, we thank you that you've done everything. Scripture declares that you have done everything necessary for us for the abundance of life. And the abundance of life is freedom found in you, Lord God. Yeah. And so we say yes to your plans and purposes. We say yes to the future, even though we don't see it. We know that you will be there for us when we reach that point. And so, Lord, we break the power of fear in our lives. We break the power of whatever the enemy would have in our lives. We break the power of the fear of man. 
Yeah, which rivals the fear of you, Lord God. And so, Lord, we ask for that health and wholeness that only you can impart to us. Yeah. And we declare that you are good. You are good. And you will deliver your children from the kingdom of darkness. And so, Lord God, we bank on that, on your faithfulness. You have begun a good work in us, and you are faithful to complete that work. And so, Lord, grant us grace to say yes and amen to your plans and purposes in each one of our lives. And we pray that in the holy name, the holy, holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So if you'd like prayer, uh, come on up and we'll pray with you. Uh, we're going to do a closing song or are we? Okay, we'll do Spotify. So be blessed uh, and enjoy what God is doing in your life. No, really. Enjoy what God is doing in your life today. Okay, amen. You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org.